Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Recorded live. All right. Okay. April 29th, lesson 9, 2018. The lesson's entitled Blessings, Glory, Honor, Forever. The devotional reading comes from Philippians, the second chapter, verses 1 through 11. The background scripture from Revelation, the fifth chapter, verses 6 through 14. The background scripture comes from Revelation, the fifth chapter, verses 6 through 14. The printed text is also the same. And it reads, Then I saw the Lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by four living creatures and the elders. The Lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and every language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen, and the elders fell down in worship. Our key verse, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Revelation, the fifth chapter, 12th verse. Our lesson aims, there are three of them, Describe the makeup of the expanding number of worshipers in heaven. Explain why the Lamb is worthy of worship. Specify how his or her church can better fulfill the calling of Christians to be kings and priests. So what did you think of this lesson? Um, 
Well, what I think of, <laughs> I think that uh, I thought it's interesting that it talks about you know where well, that spotlight on our connection to Christ and and what He did for us. Uh, what's the read those uh, lesson names again? Describe the makeup of the expanding number of worshipers in heaven. Mm-hmm. Explain why the Lamb is worthy of worship. Specify how he is or her church can better fulfill the calling of Christians to be king and priests. Oh, okay. Uh, I think that first one, uh, because uh, one of the lessons talked about the idea of Christ doing something for us that we couldn't do for ourselves. And so that's where that honor and glory and praise comes in. And um, and so I think that uh, because of that, then when you look at that, that's kind of what it what that what it spotlights. And so his the honor and glory is that that all of those people. So that was for the Gentiles. So this is still a part of. It's not just for the Jews, that it was also opening that to all people, all backgrounds, all languages. And that was something, you know, that was clear in the in the vision is that to be accepting of everyone, that this, this community that we are part of, that Jesus came to save, is, is for everybody. All right. Come in. Yeah, I was looking at the um, introduction, and it it talks about how um, many um, religious beliefs feature like a strong sense of destiny, um, of divine control over the lives of, of humans. And then it went on to talk about Greek mythology and the world of Mount Olympus. And it was saying that that was familiar to the readers, the first readers of Revelation. Uh huh. And that it, um, in that mytholo- mythology, you know, there are three goddesses of fate. And so there's the one who spins the thread of life, uh, one who allots the number of days in a person's life. And then the Mm -hmm. third one is the one who cuts the thread of life at the time of the person's death. Right. And then it went on to talk about Fortuna, and that was the goddess who determined the person's destiny, whether they would be prosperous or whether it would be disastrous for them. Okay. And but so then they contrast that to the Bible, you know, it, that presents God as being sovereign and that, you know, he declares that, you know, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. And that was from Isaiah 46.10. And so God's plans are not to be thwarted. Um, he has the power to carry out his will in all things, yet God allows humans to devise and to carry out their own plans for life, you know, that free will that we have. 
and reserving for himself the final say on the outcome. So even though we have free will and we're thinking that we're doing what we want to do, God can even take that and make his will happen through our free will. Right, right. And so it just talks about that this lesson that we're looking at today, you know, looks at the outcome um, that God ensures will happen. You know, that whole thing of what we're looking at in Revelation and what John was seeing uh, is what must take place. So John was seeing a future event that's going to take place. And he's sharing that with us. So in last week's lesson, you know, it talked about what must take place after this. Right, right. And so, you know, John sees God seated on the throne, and in God's hand is a scroll that's sealed with seven seals. Mm -hmm. And... Opening the the scroll would reveal the future of what must take place after this. And, of course, the call came out, you know, who is worthy to open this scroll? Right. You know, the call went out for anybody who's worthy to open it because not just anybody could open it. You know, and then when you look at how John describes the, the scroll, you know, there are two uh, unusual things about it. You know, the first one being that it has writing on both sides of it, which was unusual in that time. And the fact that it had writing on both sides, they're saying here, gives the impression that it's just overflowing with just important information. And then the second unusual thing about it is that the scroll has seven seals instead of just the one seal in the middle. Right. And, of course, each seal is symbolic of the seven churches. Right, right. And they had to be broken one by one. Yes, and they could only be broken by someone worthy to break them. Right, right. Right. And so because no one seemed to be answering that call, John himself was disappointed. And then he was almost in tears because he was wanting to know, you know, what's in this scroll? Because that's why I've been called up here. You know, right. can can anybody open it? I don't, you know, what's in it? And mm-hmm. then he describes the lamb arriving because one of the elders kind of told him, says, "Hey, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to cry. You know, okay. the one who can break the seals, open the scroll, and reveal his secrets is arriving." And then that's when John said, you know, he saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne encircled by four living creatures and the elders. Right, right. And, of course, yeah, 
Right, yeah, because then, yeah, Jesus saw. And it's sort of a reminder to him that um, he said, you know, weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book. And so, yeah, he realized that that it was Jesus in the room. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and here it it mentions, or at least it goes back, and it's kind of reminding us of the words of John the Baptist that he used as Jesus was coming uh, to be baptized of him. Mm-hmm. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And that's from John 1 and 29 and also verse 36. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 it, yeah, when he's describing, and it also says that at the beginning, uh, he's describing Jesus uh, as the light, the lamb, and then at the end, he's describing him as a lamb, and so he was saying, you know, he came in meek and mild, but his second coming was going to be in power. Right. Right, and so they're saying here, you know, John included a detail, you know, that said the lamb looked as if it had been slain. Right, um, right, right. Right. Mhm. Right, and that's that, that you know that acknowledgement that you know the lamb that was slain, you know, and that refers back to Isaiah too. You know, the suffering and and the then mm-hmm. then I mention that too. I believe so, like by his stripes we are healed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep, and it says here, you know, this is John's way of saying that the lamb had been dead but is now alive again, and it's a reference to the resurrected Christ. Right, because he says he was slain, yeah. The slain mm-hmm. of the lamb been slain, yeah. Right, and so the fact that he rose with all power in his hands, he rose with the power to take that scroll, open right. that scroll, and read that scroll. Mm-hmm. And because of this, you know, those creatures and those elders that were worshiping the one seated on the throne right. be- began yeah. worshiping the lamb. Yeah. And where they had put down their crowns before as they were worshiping, now they had harps mm-hmm. and bowls of incense. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, so which goes back, you know, the incense represented the prayers of the people. Right. And, you know, we think of Jesus as being our intercessory. To God, mm-hmm. meaning when we pray, He receives our prayers, and then He advocates on our behalf. Right, right. Mhm. And so, yeah, and so, yeah, they, so they, yeah, would, yeah, worshiping because then they, because when they recognize that, you know, you worship the Lamb as well, and it says so. The elders, you know, worshiped in song. 
A new song. A new song, right. A new song. Hey, this and is Bobby. Yes, hey. sir. How you, how you doing? We have joined a little late. I, uh, my apologies there. Not but, a uh, problem. We will edit this part out. So what did you think about this lesson? Uh, I, I like the lesson in, in, in a sense that um, it reminds us you know, essentially of, of the power of God. And uh, when you talk about the, 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 the bowls full of, you know, incense and, and your prayers of the saint, you know, new song, um, the ability to praise, you, you know, the either worthy one, especially when you get into verse eight, um, you know, all the elders, the cherubim, um, you know, those living creatures, you know, kind of all recognize that there is one God, you know, uh, you know, one mediator, essentially, um, you know, the man of Christ, Jesus, um, you know, and it's, it's also possible, you know, think about the prayers, you know, representing, uh, you know, uh, God's kingdom, right? You know, and, and God's kingdom come. So um, as Valerie was talking about the, the, the new song, the elders singing that new song, um you know, it, it, it's that song that pleases, right? You know, and you think about the servants of God in, in, in the Old Testament context. Um, you know, in, in the, be, the ability to offer hope, you know, the ability to to have embrace promises, you know, that are seen through the eyes of faith. Um, so it, it, it's like I said, it just kind of reminds you of again the sovereignty of God as well. You know, and our worth. Right. Mhm. Yeah, and and then what was this six? What was the second aim? Lesson aim. Then it is explain why the lamb is worthy of worship. Okay. Yeah. So that yeah, and that goes with that is because of, you know of course of the sacrifice that he made. And I said the lesson talks about, you know, something we couldn't do for ourselves that he's done for us. And for that reason, he's worthy. Yes. It, 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 the work of redemption, you know, that the um, fact that we were redeemed by, by the blood of Jesus, right? Um, you know, and it, it talks about... Um, All the you know believers kind of in a sense you know have this royal birth, and I kind of think of it as a royal rebirth, really, you know, as we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, um, but we have that you know manifest destiny, I guess you would say uh in Christ, right um and, and knowing that we can go straight to him that um you know through the power of redemption, but also through the power of him interceding on our behalf, you know before God, right. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that's why he's worthy, right? You know, he paid the price of redemption. Uh, he redeemed us. You know, he shed his blood. Um, um, you know, that scope of redemption, you know, was spread throughout the tribes, you know, and the, and the people of, of God's nation. Um, just, you know, there's so many aspects of, of why he's worthy. But, in, you know, in the in, uh 
the context of Revelation, you know, it's almost, you know, a finality in, in, in our sense of um, information that, you know, throughout eternity and throughout the history, uh, as we read the Bible, um, you know, it's just a good summary of, and really sim- simple as well, um, that he's sovereign, he's powerful, and uh, because of him, we are, right? We are right here, in, you know, discussing Sunday school lessons on a, on a, a, a rainy Tuesday night, you know, because we believe in that power. Right, and it talks about, uh, too, saying the fact that, you know, John recognizes that it's, it's every creature in heaven, and so it's that that unending connection, that, that connection that our praise and worship doesn't ever end. And so that's what he, you know, was recognizing with them, that all of the creatures, even in heaven, was, were still praising him. Yeah, I think about the cherub, cherubim and the seraphim, uh, you yeah. know, continually, continually praying, you know, praising holy, 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 but not just in a monotone. We can read it in a monotone fashion, but it's a consistent forever reverence. It never stops, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. And and what was the, the, I know the last question was something about what can your church do? Then you would I think am. I would have written them down, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know there's a part that talks about who holds the future, and it they makes mention of Nostradamus mm-hmm. um, yeah. and how you know supposedly he predicted, you know, like World War II, the atomic bomb, the assassination of Kennedy, the moon landings the 9-11 attacks, you know, and so, yeah. And the end of the world, how many times? Exactly, yeah. But that's contrasted with Revelation 5 in that it reminds us that our future is in the hands of the worthy Lamb. Right. So when the lamb took the scroll, its contents became um, secondary to the rightful worship of the one holding it. The fact that the lamb was holding the scroll, now the lamb started receiving worship from the creatures and from the uh, 24 elders. And not just them, but then John makes mention of like 10 times 10,000 now joining in that worship mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. singing of that new song. Right. Yeah. Yeah, 10,000 times 10,000. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so they're saying, you know, you are worthy to take the scroll to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchase for God. So, yeah, I guess we could take that and actually make a song out of it. Kind of put it to a beat. Yeah. I think that's doable. 
but it would just be a semblance of how they would be singing it, or how they are sing- that John saw them singing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, since, you know, they had those heavily instruments. Right, right. Yeah. Now, what was the last question for practical application about your church? Lesson name number three. All right. Let me go back up there because you keep taking me back up. Let's go up there. Yeah. Yes, I will be sure to edit this out. So that lesson name number three, specify how his or her church can better fulfill the calling of Christians to be kings and priests. Okay. And so I think that to me that's that, you know, how does the church worship in that same vein? And I think that that kings and priests is that, you know, what the what they were doing, those elders were in constant worship. And I think it's, you know, how do we enhance our services to make sure that we have a deeper level of worship? Yeah, and I believe by extension, when we think about our day-to-day um in a very practical sense, the the elders or the, the, the cherubim or, 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 or those angels that were observing, um, the appointed duty was a consistent, a powerful worship, you know, that, that, that was, you know, essentially eternal. I think as it re- would reflect itself in our church, I kind of see it as uh, our ability to, to intercede on each other's behalf, but but everybody being busy at a certain time, right? Yeah. Uh, that we have an opportunity to take a, you know, use a, a baseball now that we all get at bats, right? And we have to be ready when our turn comes. So that we're constantly as a, as a union offering up a consistent praise, a consistent prayer, you know, an, an intercessory prayer, an intercessory praise uh, that just doesn't stop. That can be a 24-7 you know, type of type of atmosphere that's really elevated when we collectively get together on Sundays, right, or Wednesday night. Right, right. Right, because it did, yeah, because it talks about, yeah, the corporate nature of it that, you know, yeah. Yeah, it says here, believers are giving an astonishing and humbling responsibility to reign on the earth entrusted to deliver the saving message of the gospel, Christians are appointed by God to extend his rule to every nation. And I think, again, in a practical sense, we should have that smile on our face that someone would ask, what are you so happy about? And, you know, we can tell them that, um, you know, we're a child of God, that we're worthy, that we're excited about it, and that excitement manifests itself in how we treat each other, the joy that we have, particularly in the midst of, you know, trying times, right? It's easy to be happy as a church when times are, times are good or are prosperous in a sense. Um, 
but just that consistent corporate worship that truly reflects, um, you know, who we are, you know, that reign here on earth. You know, when you reign, you're in, you're in charge of something, right? Uh, or you're, 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 on, you're on a pedestal in a sense, and it's not a bolsterous uh, or, or a pride, but it is a pride in, in being a child of God. That's the kind of pride that I believe that the, that the Lord would uh, certainly smile upon us just knowing that we know that everything that we have is because of him and we, we honor him and we worship him and we're excited about it, you know, and as a corporate church in a, in a corporate setting, I guess, um, that reflects itself outside the walls as well. It's, it's easy to praise him on the inside, but the real work is on the outside. Right, right, for sure, yeah. Yep, so when we look at verse 13, and it says, John's view includes all creatures in every conceivable location. This includes all creatures in heaven, all creatures on earth, all creatures under the earth, and beneath the physical surface of the earth. So I guess they mean like under the water. Mm-hmm, under the sea. Yeah, yeah or on the sea, under the sea, yeah. So it's saying, you know, that really nothing, not one thing is left out. Everything's included. Yeah. Yeah, I think he meant that almost as an absolute that um, that there's no, no, right, you say that no creature um, is not up on, under his authority. Right. Right, because, you know, you're going to see in Revelation that the one that rebelled is actually destroyed in the lake of fire. The one that went all throughout the earth causing trouble actually gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so, yeah, that still makes me wonder, how can you know that? How can you know who, what your end is going to be, and yet still you're doing what you're doing? That's, right. that's really the yeah. great mystery of, of the, the choice between believing and not, right? And then not just right. life, but living a life worthy of your calling. Um. We see it every day, and we're not careful. And I know, speaking from personal experience, uh, I know where those landmines are because I've stepped on them, knowing what I know and, and knowing what the end result could be, but only if grace and his mercies have spared me, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, but that's why we have to have that consistent worship and that consistent praise and that consistent intercessor Um and a consistent reading of, of, of Bible and prayer, um, you know, because when we invest our time there, and I know, again, personally, you know, um, my life improves exponentially. My focus improves. And when I don't, the negativity, you know, that's in the world, that's on the news, um, you know, that all, that all consuming every day can, can compromise, you know, our standing, right? 
Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was just watching the news, and it was talking how I think the guy's name is Jackson, and he was, I guess, nominated to be to head up the VA. Mm-hmm. And now all these things have come out, and now the president himself is urging him to withdraw because it's a snowball's chance that he's going to get uh, confirmed because of all the allegations that have come out against him. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the reporter was asking him, so are these allegations founded? And he's saying, well, I'm looking forward to answering that question of the senators. <laughs> Yet in another clip, they're showing the president asking him to withdraw his name. Mm, mm, mm. Yes. And so he was saying he was looking forward to explaining the context of those allegations. And that really wasn't the reporter's question. He was asking, are they founded or are they true? Right. Which, which to me is a simple yes or no question. Right. <laughs> But, yeah. So we live in an era of, of half truths and what, fake news and miscommunication and all the terms that, you know, we, we can come up with in this world uh, when really it's just about the truth. It's about a right or wrong. Uh, yeah. About principles, biblical principles, right? That, uh, you know, Scripture says, Blessed are they that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. And. Those are those are that's 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 God's word, you know. And so say it in the Psalms or in Proverbs, right? Right, right. But it's not fake news if you're asking the source. If you're asking the person of whom the allegations are against, they can answer that. Right. Oh, right, yeah. right. When I say to use the term fake news, we introdu- people have introduced these terms to 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 distract, you know, from the truth. And, and and so when people refuse to answer very simple questions, they're almost dismissing an allegation because they're living, um, their moral standards are so compromised that they don't feel obligated to tell the truth, right? Right, and right. In that political environment, it's, it's prevalent that um, they cast everything off as, you know, it's not the truth, it's just fake, fake news or, or, you know, we didn't, Get the get the message, and that's in, that's systemic of what our society represents in a lot of ways because we're talking about individuals that have been elected to office by the people, um, and so God, um, you know, is an all powerful God, and He's looking not just as, as, at us individually, but at us as a nation, and so um, that's why I think we have to be so much more um, involved. You know, and, and, and act as the moral compass, the church, uh, in some of these uh, discussions, particularly at the local level. Right, right, yeah. You know, our expectations. Yeah. I mean, uh, the city councilman that, you know, got the DEI mm-hmm. yesterday. I don't know the gentleman. Uh, I do. Mm-hmm. Right. The question was, well, I, I believe he is attorney, so I believe he should be treated as a regular citizen. Uh, that that's, you know, that that's can be considered acceptable behavior. It's just a, a, an issue, a, a one-time issue. That may be true, 
but we have to have higher standards for those in power, right? Right, right. Uh, yeah. Is the same as their city council as it would be in the pulpit or in Sunday school, church school, you know? Um, so yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, the thing is, he said he should be treated like a regular citizen, and that's the way a regular citizen should be treated. You know, because the arresting officer didn't want to arrest him. <laughs> wanted she wanted to just you know, but she called somebody and they said, "Hey," she said, "Well, you know, what do I do?" They said, "Arrest him." Right. You know. So, yeah. He, he doesn't get special treatment, but yeah. Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah. And see, the <laughs> other thing, his girlfriend is is a judge. Right. Mm-hmm. Are they married? Sanford, do you know whether they married or not? What's her name? Sybil. What's her last name? Sybil Cleveland. That doesn't mean anything. It would help me know who his girlfriend is. Oh, Because I, I, I know very little about it other than I heard he'd gotten, you know, a D, DUI. Oh, um, okay. Uh, but I, I didn't. I thought uh, the year that he spoke for Founders Day, I thought he said that was his wife. I did. I I thought they had gotten married. That's all I was asking. Oh, he, how long ago was this he spoke? Will Culver spoke at you all's Founders Day, May. Oh, okay. You got to, because I'm thinking uh, St. John's or uh, the Emmy Church's Founders Day, but I understand what you're talking about. Oh, no, 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 no. The Sigma Founders Day. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I, have to, I can send a text out to the Brotherhood and ask that question. Oh, I was just curious. I, I, you know, I just, because I, I know, you know, you know, battle, that's where, that's when I took him off my list completely. You know, she had been in, she took Lynn Sherrod's place. And then when he, when battle had the opportunity to appoint somebody, he appointed some, uh, the white guy who was below her rather than giving her the position. So who's the mayor of mayor of Huntsville now? It's still Tommy Battle. Okay. But he's running for governor, so he's, you know, trying to. I guess I don't know. Protect himself. Okay. If he can stand up against Ivy, then no power to him. Well, he's saying some of the same stuff she says. So. Yeah, well, he's got to do something to to stand out. Hold on, let me end this recording. Right. <laughs> um, I figure you have to edit all this out. Yeah, I am. Right. <laughs> so let me get in. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.